Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Yeah. We we have reason to panic. I believe we do. <clears throat> we are seeing, um, I think it's to the 11th today, can you? I believe it's the 12th today. March 12th, Thursday. Um, markets closed down another 10%. Yeah. 10 more days, we're at zero. <laughs> It'll be, we'll be forced to st- st- stay at home because we won't have money. The uh, I definitely underestimated the the the, the fear. I don't know. Have you noticed anything in your day to day? Yeah, well, a little bit. I think we're starting to see some some real uh, numbers and some real uh, some real information coming out of uh, Asia and Europe, and especially in Italy, they've uh, they've really managed to to mess it up compared to say Korea or South Korea. Well, I talked to my job. friends in Italy today, the few that I know, and they're all in their homes. They've been locked down. Well, I'm not. Yeah. No, no, no. We're in, Americans are way behind the ball here. Yeah. We were just out at lunch talking about, like, we should probably be wearing masks. And uh, we just don't, I don't know where to get this stuff. We have masks at home, but they're not the right ones. And then we've been hoarding food. Have you guys been? No, I haven't done that. So we're getting close to the point where we just self-quarantine ourselves in the house. <clears throat> but I don't think Americans are truly prepared to do it. No. And I, I don't know if it's necessary either, but we'll find out. We'll know. Yeah. The um, so, anyways, the the topic is panic with friends, Knut. Yes. So we're we're going to call friends and try not to get ourselves scared shitless, but uh, it hasn't helped. Right. The uh, the today we're going to talk to my friend Russ Fraden, mm-hmm. great entrepreneur and investor in Silicon Valley, and uh, it's been he has kids and he'll give us some uh, take on. Uh, Hopefully the markets and and panic. He's definitely seen his share of it. Mm-hmm. So today I want to start though, Knut, with uh, a message from our friends. Of uh, we have a hundred or so portfolio companies as social leverage, and I Sounds asked, good. and some of them I use as because of financial. I use them every day. Uh, one that I live on is Coifin, and uh, I said, Rob, let me just write me something. I'll, I'll read it to our. Uh, listeners today and he sent me this and i'm just going to say it's uh coifin is one of our portfolio companies canute if you want to track and analyze what's happening in the current market turmoil i gotta say the coifin's been excellent hasn't Mm -hmm. uh, made or lost me money but it's how i track everything it's a web-based platform that lets you analyze stocks etfs mutual funds and other assets all in one place Obviously, um, I'm biased, but I use it every day to track what's going on in the market. And I think if people try it, uh, they will too. It has a ton of high-quality data, power functionality, and a really clean interface. And it's free for now. You can sign up at koifin.com. That's K-O-Y-F-I-N.com. And if you're a market enthusiast, it's a great way to build... uh, just check in on the markets. Although sometimes in a blood red market, uh, it's not fun to look. 
But uh, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. The uh, so thanks, Coyfin. And let's call Rust. You got Rust on the. Uh, let's call let's Mr. Rust answer. and see if it picks up. Hello. I love it. That means your laptop is open too. My laptop, my iPad, I got everything. It's a whole control center. <laughs> my whole family's on Zoom with school. So no, that's not true. So is school closed up there? In, in- no, um, actually, my oldest goes to one school and my other two go to a, an elementary school, and those are all open. But I imagine by Monday they will be. It feels like many of the Bay Area schools have closed. So It's interesting that the Bay has been slow to respond. Do you think the Bay has been slow to respond to corona? I don't think so. I mean, the company shut down quick, right? It's really like Google was Google and Coinbase and Square and Twitter, right? They were pretty fast to respond. The school districts have been, but I mean, I, you know, they're, by the way, it's actually unclear what to do, right? If you're a public school, you know, it's easy for me to say my kids could work from, you know, could stay home. Like we, you know, for some people, you know, one of the main benefits of school is free state funded daycare so you know you really fuck a lot of people you know the i I remember once i was getting my uh you you've seen my hairdo um i was getting my hair it's a clean cut yeah i was was getting my ten dollar haircut at supercut once and uh, the woman who was cutting my hair was complaining about how her school district had been a failing school district and so they had switched to a new year-round school year and she said the problem with the year-round school year is, you know, your kids are off for like three weeks in the middle of March, right? Because, you know, they have they still have a lot of vacations just during the year. She's like, there's no camps. So what the hell does she do? She was divorced. She's an hourly worker. And so her choice is leave her little kids home alone or not make money for those three weeks. Yeah, I don't get it. I, 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 um, I personally today dug in because, you know, I haven't been – I'm not busy. Well, I mean, I'm busy calling companies, but there's not much I can do. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to trade and, and, and do anything. I've kind of made my decisions, and uh, I'm going to take some losses where I take them because I can't. I, can't I, I don't like to panic, but at the same time, uh, I, I I'm trying to do as little as possible. Sure. So so I I was reading up on the virus, and I don't know. I guess you go down rabbit holes. So I definitely today was the first time I personally said, "Oh fuck, America's just totally mishandled this." Uh, but then again, you know, like you said, we don't know. We don't know. I don't know if America is like America's a. It, I think Donald Trump is a buffoon. So I'll, I'll just say that. And, then <laughs> and you know, you're a Republican like me. So that's yeah, hard but what I'm to about say. to say is going to sound a little bit like a defense of him, but I don't really mean it that way. Trump is a buffoon, mm-hmm. but also America as a society is set up in certain ways. Like the president isn't fucking in charge of the Hillsborough city school district. Right. right? It, it's actually not the president's fault that half the hospital systems in California are not doing COVID t- testing, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, if you if you read the article in the Atlantic about what happened with America's um, coronavirus testing, like it's you know, like it was a mistake, but it wasn't like a political mistake. It wasn't a you know, it it wasn't some kind of you know asshole Republican mistake. Like I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to. By the way, are other countries handling it better? No, no, no. But I don't care about relative. I don't know. I just don't know where to get my info, and then now the info I'm getting is uh, very panicky. So two different two different people I've talked to: one who runs a big emergency room, and one who works for the CDC. Uh-huh. 
have both been like, like not officially have both been like, stay home. Yeah. Stay home. Take your kids out of school. Stay home. Don't like, do not leave your fucking house for two weeks. Don't run outside. Like legitimately stay in your fucking house. Don't go play golf. If you, if what, if you need to go to the grocery store, send one family member, have them wash their hands like crazy when they leave. And when they get back, like do not leave your fucking house for two weeks and don't touch your face unless you're in the shower. Right. And yeah, you're following like, any like of that? everybody else, like everybody else, I did not do all that. My, right. not, my kids were at school because like, I don't know, like, by the, by the way, I'm not saying those people were wrong. Hey, yeah. by the way, you got to explain this to me. I thought Bitcoin was some amazing uncorrelated asset. Bitcoin was 30% of its fucking value today. Bitcoin's a software. What exactly is the value of Bitcoin? <laughs> Bitcoin is a software product without a business model. So I would think, yes, in very correlated to the unwinding of uh, imaginary. Um, right. It's just in a world where things are risky, like. People it was the riskiest asset like, known to man. Like, I know what it means to own it. Apple. I don't know what it means to own Bitcoin. Owning Bitcoin means you own Facebook that does nothing, no functionality. Right, right, right. You can't poke anybody. Right. You can't. It's like uh, that Warren Buffett thing about gold, right? If you just yeah. took all the gold in the world, right? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I think what's what uh, it's obvious that it's not a, a gold. It's obvious that um, it's something. Uh, but when uh, I think what we're finding out is when people need cash or they go fear treasury bills and cash and cash in your home and i guess then guns and butter are are what you need we literally right. hasn't happened in, for me since 2008 so anyways I, I we're talking i haven't even introduced you so so can you, yeah. this is uh, russ freight and is a good friend of mine hey russ how you doing and, hello uh, long time entrepreneur so so russ uh, for my audience which is uh we don't know how big it is. We, yeah. It could be, we don't measure our audience. Yeah, it so could be anywhere people, from one to six people. It's more than six, <laughs> less than 600,000. Okay. That's how much I know about my data. And <laughs> so I'm pleasuring myself. It seemed like a good idea. And if this is a good idea, exactly. I would talk to you anyway. I would yeah. talk to you if you weren't recording it. Exactly. So I'm stuck in my little office with Knut. So Knut and I are giving each other Corona kisses. Yeah. And my, I'm home. So I like, I, I don't know if I have the, like, I don't even know how to get a test if I, if I wanted the test. You can't. You can't. Right. But, so uh, I was like, I'd love plus, to test way, myself. All, and Also, you're fine. Yeah. You know, you're fine. Yeah. So, so I've never felt this good and never been this, this what's so weird is in 08, I was younger. I didn't have money or I was, or, or not, oh, oh, 2001, I was like stressed all the time. I had two kids, baby kids yeah. and 9-11 yeah. happened. And I'm like, I, that's when I started on Ambient. I'm already on Ambient, so I have nothing left to take except roll myself in CBDs. And and you and I are, and our new problem is Bitcoin, the new gold. Like, that's why I know we're fucked, because we're talking about Bitcoin right away in a world where, you know, people are potentially getting dumped in, 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 uh, in pits. Um, but anyways, Russ is a good friend of mine, Knut, and is an entrepreneur, investor. Mm-hmm. He's like, how old are you? 43. 43. He's like done 7,000 things already. So I used Russ, to be young, but I keep getting older, which so, is good, actually, with coronavirus. It's better than the alternative. Yes, and you have three kids. No, I have three kids. And are any over 15 yet? No. No, my oldest is 11. So I basically watch his daughter grow up on Instagram. Ah, she's the best. 
And um, the boys are nice too. But yeah. So, so Russ, take your time. Walk us through because we're going to talk about this. Is basically the idea was to panic with friends. I mean, I got time yeah. on my hands. Uh, we can shoot the shit and talk about the first time you panicked and what this panic feels like. And is there any opportunity? So, so walk us through Russ Fraden, the uh, uh, person. I you know I don't know. I lived in I lived in Silicon Valley. I've worked at or started a bunch of technology companies over the last twenty four years since nineteen ninety six, and have uh, invested in a lot of things and been on a lot of boards, and mostly worked at or started lots of companies for the last twenty four years. Uh, I have this cool thing where. Uh, for the majority of that time, I've worked with two different co-founders, uh, one for 24 straight years and one for 20 straight years. And so uh, that's been great. And are they real that, people or are they digital people? Yeah, no, they're great. No, they're, <laughs> Their names are Steve and Jim. Uh, and I, so I've worked with them for a very long time and otherwise, you know, invested in lots of stuff and uh, you're great hung, out, hung out with we- my kids. Until about an hour ago, I was very, very, very busy also coaching Little League, but that's been canceled for the next month. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my free time. So Steve and Jim, you met him in college or no? Uh, Steve was my college roommate. He and I were the first two developers at the first online ad network back in 96. And then uh, what was that, that online company, ad network? It was, called? It's called Flycast and it went public and got sold for three billion dollars and changed Shut to CMGI. Up. Remember CMGI? <laughs> Yeah, I remember yeah, CMGI, right? but you, you and I, you and I never really have time to. This is the whole point of like, this show is to find yeah. out who the who the guy that I talk to all the time. What he, this is the most I've heard about you. Yeah. So he, so flycast canoe. What the fuck are you doing? I don't You're know. on the dole from Norway, and this guy's starting companies. And <laughs> yeah, so pe- people probably don't remember this. If you talk about panic, there was a company called CMGI. CMGI was the greatest correct- company of all time. No, no, but listen to this, right? If I remember correctly, it was the top performing stock in the entire yeah. decade of the yeah. '90s. And then Internet Capital Group, the copycat. And it, they do not exist anymore. I mean, they. they I tried to get beta. Right? I tried Capital to get group. a few companies in in 2007 to form CMGI 2.0, and they would have done great. But but the foofy Brooklynites don't want to do financial scams. Uh, they'd rather kumbaya themselves and braid their well, hair. And there's no internet capital. There's no CMGI 2.0, and it would work again. It's kind of happening with SPACs right now, like Virgin Galactic sure, and, yeah, yeah. And, and DraftKings rolling into a shell. But CMGI was quite ambitious, and has evolved. And of course, it blew up because, uh, well, I know why it blew up, but it's not important. But that was a real panic. So you sold Flycast. You and well, I mean, Steve. I was, the, I was the first employee there, and Flycast went public and got bought for a lot of money. And then I, then I went, and I was the. Uh, I was the, I think I might have been the first executive, certainly before they launched at a company called Comscore. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I met your, that's where I met your guest on Monday, your, your famous guest on Monday, Fred. Fred, was, Fred was, Fred led the series A in Comscore, you know, a little bit before I got there. And so uh, from 2004, I spent a lot of time at Comscore and then I, uh, then I tried to fix wine.com and then I started a ad tech company called Adify that got very big and I sold and that's then you I sold that to Cox Communicate? Who's who bought Adify? Cox, Cox Enterprises, yeah. Like, like three hundred million or something? Yeah. 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 Not bad. Can you, what were you and doing then, during uh, this time? Oil money. You Oil was, money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then uh and then uh started Dynamic Signal and along the way, you know, had three kids and invested in a bunch of companies and yeah. And the missus, she obviously is very tolerant. Is she an entrepreneur too? No, she's the best. She's an investment banker. She's she's right. the best. She's a much she's a much. So nicer she travels like a madman too. She she used to travel a lot. Now she travels a decent amount, but sure, there was 
there was a year, there was a year when I was at comm score where Karen made something like 16 trips to China in one year. Like the kids in investment banking these days don't, don't know what it used to be like. Kids in startups don't know what it's like. Like you read the Nike book and you read Phil Knight's book and you go, wait a minute. Like we're dealing with coronavirus. We don't want to self quarantine ourselves. That guy was flying to China by himself without cell phones and building factories, you know, three months away from his family without any contact. You know, like, yeah, that it, well, look, it, it's actually, you remember this. I remember in the comm score days, right? You'd go in the airport lounges and plug your modem into a phone oh so God, you could download your so email stressful. before you got on the plane, right? It was, it was such different stress to be disconnected. I'd so, I don't know if the stress of being disconnected is worse than the stress of being connected. Sometimes I think that's it, my biggest it, question. It isn't clear to me that if Twitter just went away, I wouldn't be less stressed right now, right? I, I, there is an element. Of, I think it's an interesting debate about whether people are more or less panicked because Twitter exists. Well, I think it's the first. We, I was talking about Charlie, one of my partners. It's the first bear market where where dis, where true oh wait was real, but I was just starting stock twits and Twitter sure. was just just starting. And so I was the one talking about, well, eventually the president will tweet from this and move the markets. And now it's like fucking every hour that happens or every minute that happens. And now I'm wondering, you know, I I knew I saw that happening, but now I don't know if we're better off or worse off. I mean, it seemed it would. And so it's kind of like armchair quarterbacking 24, 7, 365. And I, I just, the only thing that I wonder, because I'm, I'm hanging with Canute doing 10 episodes of, of, I haven't done 10 episodes of anything in forever. It costs us nothing. We're talking right. to really smart people. I'm having the best time, even though I'm losing my ass in the markets. I'm yeah, having the we best all time. Okay. Exactly. We all are. Well, there's a few people making money, but we're having the best time, Canute and I, because we went to college together like you and Steve and Jim did. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't hung out in 20 something years like this much. And uh, people still appreciate that. They still appreciate, uh, the, you know, hearing these stories. So, so now, dynamic signal. That's that's where I got to meet yeah, you. Yeah, I was running that until a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah. I mean, I'm the chairman now, but I was running it as a CEO until a couple of weeks ago. And so, tell people a little bit about dynamic signal. So we started dynamic signal eight years ago or so, mm-hmm. and we really invented this interesting category. Uh, just helping companies do a better job, communicate with their employees uh, in the world of, you know, frontline workers and folks all over the place all the time. Uh, how do you make communication very, very easy? Uh, this is, it's not our entire customer base. We do very well with white collar employees, but I think people don't spend a lot of time thinking about is about half the people in the world who work for very large companies don't have email, right? Some of the banks that you could name, you know, have 100,000 employees without email. Some of the big, you know, shipping and delivery companies, 90% of their employees don't have email. Casinos, 80, 90% of their employees don't have email. And so, you know, it's not the workers that you deal with every day, Howard, but like, you know, half the people in the world don't have work email. And so how do I send their schedule and their pay stub and, you know, live stream video of the CEO and things like that. And so you can think of it as like a mobile personalized, you know, modernized version of an intranet. Push, and, yeah, uh, like a push platform. Yeah. Yeah, and we have we're by far the biggest of our competitors. Something like thirty percent of the Fortune 100 use the use the product, and wow. it's 
it's done well. We've sold, you know, millions and millions of seats and have a partnership with Microsoft and Cisco and Deutsche Telekom. And so, uh, that's, what's amazing about this is I remember how your company started and you just have the ability as an entrepreneur to like maneuver and pivot and whatever you would call it. Would you call it a pivot or would you call it just maneuvering? I mean, it was, uh, you know, pivot, (coughs) pivot. I actually appreciate you got it. It sounds like you have a cold. Yeah. Or, or coronavirus. You never know, but we're, we're on, I'm on. Can I get it over a podcast? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, um, <laughs> pivots, probably one third pivots, of the population thinks so. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, pivots become a weird, weird word. Yeah, I haven't I used it in a while. So, we, I... we started Dynamic Signal with a focus around helping CMOs work with their employees, and we expanded it. So, it's not that we never moved away from our original use case. That is still all part of our business. So, a better way to think about it is. You know, we used to solve one thing for companies and now we sell 10 things for companies and we wouldn't have done two through 10 without the original idea one, but it's not as if we stopped doing idea one. So, you know, to me, pivot is very much what Slack did or what, um, uh, what's the Chicago company that got well, very Twitter big. Did it. And then, Twitter did it. It was ODO. And yeah. Twitter did it. Um, uh, who it, am I thinking of? Uh, Chicago company, Lightspeed founded, oh, uh, Lightbank founded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, buyer. The, the, the people that used to email you a deal every day. Yeah. What's the deal of the day? Can you, you're into deals yeah. of the day. Can you Whatever. They still company? exist. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been watching. He, he you know hasn't been paying about. attention. He's our, he's but, on, but you he's know on the company I'm talking about. They were going to sell to Google for 6 billion. Yeah. Then they didn't, then they went public, but now they're worth two, but it's still a good business. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are real pivots, right? They started with one idea and they did something totally, totally different. What I would say about dynamic signals, all businesses kind of constantly tack to what's working, right? I mean, Facebook was only going to be for college students and then it expanded to everybody. It's not really a pivot. It's a, you know, it's a broadening of scope of the idea. And so I'd say we did something much more, not as large as Facebook, but we did something much more akin to that, which is we didn't abandon our original idea. We just expanded it to into other areas to make the business much, much bigger. And do you remember, have you ever financially or uh, have you ever financially panicked? You know, after September 11th, I legitimately wasn't sure what to do. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of money in a one and I was engaged. My wife and I got married literally the week after September 11th. And I was literally, I had landed on the, in DC on the red eye the morning of September 11th. So I, I was one of the last flights to land. And my fiance at the time was in a limo on her way to the World Trade Center. Uh, she was an investment banker on a roadshow. And our plan had been two or three days later, we were both going to fly home from our trips, close on our first condo together, then fly back to the East Coast to get married. That was our way of getting married on the 23rd. And so that had been our plan. And so we legitimately, I mean, obviously, we were not the people with the biggest problems that day, but we legitimately had no fucking idea what to do, right? We were about to spend what was a lot of money for us at the time on our first home. And truly, I had no idea what to do. Should we walk away from the deposit? Could we claim force majeure and get the money back from the deposit? Should we just close anyway? So that was, I would say that was the only financial panic I can remember. Other times have been bad, right? When the market crashed in 2001, that was bad. When it crashed in 08, that was bad. It was, you know, it was bad in 06. You know, there was a time when I was a comm score I think we, I want to say we raised two flat rounds and one down round. There was a time where we laid off 10% of the workforce and cut everybody's salaries five or 10%. So there've been, you know, bad times and good times over, over the last 25 years in technology that we all know about. But I think, 
whether or not I should make by far the largest purchase of my entire life when I was 23 or 24 years old and about to get married, uh, or should we back away because of terrorism? That was, that was a legitimate panic. And rates were, so what did you guys do? Uh, we wound up actually closing. Uh, we actually had, we had the fortunate situation. For the right reasons or you were just like. Yeah, no, we, no, we actually had the fortunate situation of, <clears throat> We were both trapped on the East Coast because of 9-11, so we couldn't come back and close. And we called them and said, look, this is back before, you know, you could do anything electronic. I mean, you can email. But we called and said, look, it is physically impossible for us to make the closing because we are trapped in D.C. and New York, respectively. Um, We're getting married. We're going on our honeymoon. Extend everything a month, and we'll deal with it in October. And a month later, you know, I'm sure one of the things you remember about September 11th is one of the big causes of panic to me, the market wasn't really the problem then, right? The big thing well, they about closed September it. 11th, they did close it. Yeah, no, but but when it opened back, like it, it got better. To me, the big issue after September 11th wasn't really the economy. It was more that you know we were all afraid that in a way the U.S. was going to be, you know, not I don't mean this in a joking way, was going to become a lot more like Israel, where you know daily or weekly yes, threat, threat of or or like living in London during the IRA or living in Ireland during the IRA, it was, it was just going to be part of your life constantly. It was just our new normal. And, you know, without getting into any politics, it certainly worked out that that has not been realized, right? Obviously the constant threat of foreign born terrorist, you know, uh, terrorist, scary death and destruction in the U S has just not become a regular part of our life immediately. And so, you know, I, I think, Kind of once a month or two, because remember the day after people worried about malls and they worried about anthrax. I remember it was just and, so, and so easy to be bearish. I remember yeah, like saying, so "Oh, well, was, Starbucks, they're going to come for Starbucks." Yeah, every fucking day. Yeah. And the truth is, a month later, you know, ignoring Afghanistan, Iraq, and wars, right? The truth is, a month later, life had basically returned to normal, and I was back to my honeymoon, and we closed our condo, and you know, it was what it was. Yeah. What's your best guess of this panic? So taking in the CDC, your friends telling you stay sure. home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you read anything about China? Like, what's your? Do you think this is overblown, or do you? Oh, I, 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 I actually. So I, I'll, I'll answer that in a different way. I'm not asking for like I, stock picks. I'm yeah, just no, 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 no. But I'll, you have I'll money answer. in the market, I imagine, and you have yeah, people calling. Yeah, yeah, you. of course. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll answer it in a different way. I have no particular interesting or good insight for. That's why I'm calling you. You know. Exactly. I, I have no particular. I have no particular interesting or good insight for whether or not, like, for what's going to happen with coronavirus. Right? right. I assume that. I mean, I assume what will happen is, you know, our daily life will get more and more weird. Right? Disneyland is closed. Sports will be closed. I assume the next month will be very weird, and you know, ultimately everybody's kids' schools will be closed and people will be home. Uh, and so, and I assume there'll be a vaccine that, you know, some, some very smart group of people somewhere in the world, probably the U S or Israel, or, you know, maybe somewhere else, but, uh, we'll figure out a vaccine. And like, I kind of assume that by the fall, this will all be fine. What, what I'm really, I mean, what, I think the two things that people aren't spending a lot of time thinking about is just how devastating this is going to be to I, obviously to you know, gig economy workers, the thing people are, are all over. And of course it's true, right? There's, you know, the, uh, I no, my son, like, should I even like, I, I'm wealthy enough. Should I just say yeah. you're not allowed to work right now? 
Yeah, I, I was I was talking to an Uber driver who I I know pretty well uh, today, and he said it, it's just a disaster. Like there's no rides, and you know I I think that you know you can see what's happened to Uber and Lyft stock. Like it's they've done far worse than the market. And they have. I, you I know what I noticed today that like Uber's almost twenty bucks, so it's like almost down fifty yeah, percent. They yeah they they've done far worse than the market. And by the way, and I'm not rooting against them. I love the service for Uber right. and Lyft, but like. Yeah, that that makes sense. I, I and those because the demand really, and the really supply bad. dry up. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. And then, but but I think I think frankly, you know, I think Huffington Post had an article about it today. I think what you're really like, what we haven't started seeing yet is job losses that we had a lot of it on 08 and 09, right. and that's definitely going to come, right? Yeah, like companies Trump's still gonna, trumpeting that it's the greatest economy. Yeah, like, but and, like, and yeah, but like companies are just going to slow down purchasing. Right, like you know, companies are going to just slow down decision making and slow down purchasing. Look, the best run organization in the world isn't going to be as streamlined as normal if all their employees are home and they're semi distracted. Because you know, it's one thing with work from home. Look, you remember what it's like to have little kids. Yeah. Am I working as much with if my kids are off school and I have three kids in the house and they all need help on Zoom or Google Hangouts getting on their school because they're we're trying to figure that out during the day? Like, I. I just think the absolute amount of productivity is going to be much less. Decisions are going to take longer. And so, you know, I suspect that'll turn into job losses, which is like, I don't, I don't know that that's panic worthy, but I think, I think that's a much, you know, you and that's I both know that is definitely going to happen. Right? It's like, happening. You know, I already flew around the country risking everything the last three weeks. Uh, you know, I was going to New York. I ended up sick, but I, I, I was like not healthy enough. And I just made sure I was in New York to make decisions for a few companies that I'm on the board of that had to be made, you know, I knew it was coming, but I, sure. I knew the risk and, but I had to do it face to face and, and, you know, cause, cause there's companies that we work, work with that just have to get ahead of this. Yeah. And I talked to a, I, t- I, I think, you know, I, Frankly, I think it's an interesting question of if you're any company in the world. So, of course, it's going to affect the stock market, right? Yeah. If you're any company in the world, the truth is, honestly, you have no freaking idea what your revenue is going to be in Q2 or Q3, yeah. right? You can have whatever financial model you want. Look, even the Walt Disney Company, it's amazingly well run. A week and a half ago, they didn't think they were going to be shutting down no, their stocks theme at 90. park. I, took, I they, sold some at 110, like just they, like I kicking mean, myself because I, I was – But they you know, just break. shut down Disneyland, yeah. right? Like – like I, I, but it was I inevitable. That's it was inevitable. Of, of, of course, but but it wasn't inevitable two weeks ago. And so I, I just think that mm. I, I actually yeah. think that the tail impact over the next eighteen months of all the jobs that are inevitably going to be lost is so worse be than nine eleven. So worse than nine eleven. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess in a way it's global. I mean, I, I don't know. No, worse than nine eleven. Nine eleven. We came back a month and a half later, and everybody went to the malls. Yeah, and yeah, Bush worse, said, "Go shopping." And, and worse than nine eleven in the worse than nine eleven in the stock market for sure. Uh, worse than nine eleven. Beyond that, you know, I, I don't know. Because you know, it depends how you think of the impact of the wars that inevitably came out of nine eleven. But yeah, I mean, worse than nine eleven in terms of job mm. loss, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. You know, what do you think? It's, it's not like the I would say twenty percent. I hate being the the doom and gloomer, but every company can do with twenty percent cuts. Like as someone yeah. who's on the board of of companies, you yeah, know, every company has fat. And well, well, the first look, thing well, look. I guess let's think about it this way. Almost. I mean, no I'm I, I'm ready. To, I'm learning what Canute does. Canute's got a week left here. Almost no company is going to meet their plan. <laughs> 
Take your right. oil money and go home, big boy. All right, sounds good. All right, sorry. I, I imagine, I imagine like Instacart and DoorDash and you know Udemy and Netflix, right? And uh, you know any of the distance learning companies, any of the video. I imagine those companies do really well. Yeah, but Netflix but, was down. Know. I don't know, fifty bucks today. So I mean, they do well yeah. until they don't, until the rugs pulled out. Like yeah. everybody's starting to panic. Obviously, you don't really have a sense of it. You don't really give a shit. I mean, not that you don't give a shit. No, you, I can't. You don't, you don't look at the do squiggly lines on the markets. No, well, but you didn't call well, your broker and just say, get me 100% cash, did you? Have you? No, 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 no. No, yeah. no but, that, but, but I think that comes from, actually, you, you know this. You're even older than me, right? One of the hey, things that comes... You one know of the what? Show some respect experience. for the elders. Well, <laughs> one of the things that comes from experience, good and bad, by the way, is is too much reliance on stuff that happened in the past. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s and have lived through this before, you're going to go, oh, I'm not going to sell now. It's all going to come back. It's all going to come back. And hopefully that'll turn out to be true. Well, if it won't come back if you're Disney 150, if you're Disney 110 and give yourself now I can buy Disney at 70 and bring you know there's a chance there's a lot of the stuff I, I that won't come back I think the move with Disney I think the move with Disney is they should be producing a new date a new baby Yoda based content every day <laughs> they probably new, are it's just you, too diverse we can't wait two years for the Mandalorian that's the only way to get their stock back up are you a um, are the uh, is your wife into investing at all or, well, I mean she's an investment no, banker but no, she, I mean she's an investment banker who's, CEO, who's CFO space. of the house we really kind of do it together. And do you have a financial advisor, or do you do it yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. And um, you're one thing that I think you're pretty prolific as you're a prolific investor as well. It's just because you have deal flow. Well, how do you how do you think about balancing um, the money that you've made, the kids, the the um, investing and the company. So what, like, how, how does like a typical day go now that you're chairman? Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't, this I don't, is the first time you haven't I, had a job in a while or like you're not, yeah, you're not an executive chairman. You're just chairman. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as full time. I'm not as busy as I was two months ago, right. but, uh, but, but I'm, I'm still busy. But no, I understand you're busy. I guess, but, no, but, no, no, no. I, I guess what I would say is, so I have done probably 50 or 60 angel investments over the last and full disclosure and LP and all our funds. And yeah, and I'm an L I'm an LP and your good funds and your bad funds. Yeah. Um, hey, there's no bad. <laughs> and, uh, well, and, we uh, don't know yet after the virus. Yeah, exactly. we, have exactly. a we own bat.com by the way. And you're, we don't know yet. Funds. Um, I'm at all of them so, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so, you know, I, the tr look, the truth is angel investing does not take a ton of time, right? I, I am mostly investing in companies where I know the founders or I'm introduced to people, uh, right or wrong. Like I don't, it is a thing I have done and it is a thing that has been lucrative, but it is not something I consider really a, a job. Like if I'm on the board of companies, that's one thing, but you know, if I meet a company and I meet an entrepreneur and they seem amazing and it's through a friend and something about my experience you know, tells me that a I can trust them and they seem like a good bet, and b I can help them. Uh, you know, some small amount on their journey, then I'll you know tend to get involved, and sometimes that works out very well. But that doesn't take a lot of time, right? It's very different than what you're doing, right? It's very different than making investing your job. Yeah. 
And so, you know, my perspective is I spend either I spend 100 percent of my time either at my job, which is, you know, 99 percent dynamic signal, probably one percent the various boards I'm on uh, or, you know, maybe 98 percent, mostly dynamic signal. And then, you know, a small percent the boards I'm on for other companies. Uh, and every minute I don't spend working, I spend doing something kid related. I've coached, I don't know, 10 seasons of soccer between my three kids and multiple seasons of baseball. And so I, you know, I. I, I really don't do anything other than work or kid stuff, right? You, you and I have talked about having dinner 50 times. We've had dinner maybe once. Yeah. And, and kind of that's my relationship with all of my friends. Well, uh, I just think we're, we're all respectful of that. Like, I think the fact that I know yeah, you so I well without having multiple I, dinners with you is the, yeah. is the power of Twitter, which is like why I, yeah. get, this is why I get mad when they don't execute well. Like, <laughs> I, I want them to be successful. You know, you want the companies that you use all day to get out of their own way. Like the power well, uh, of, of these platforms that are connecting us is, is amazing. And so my, my general belief on my general belief on time management is you actually have plenty of time to be a fantastic time. parent and a good and do a good job in your career. What you can't do is piss that time away doing other things. And so if you piss that time away doing you know, breakfast and networking dinners and things like that, then you think you've done work and you haven't really done work, but you also haven't been home with your kids. And so my general perspective is like, I decided to have kids. So I go home and hang out with my kids. So I am totally able to coach baseball and work it and run dynamic signal. You can't coach baseball, run dynamic signal and go out to all the tech events. Can you make a note? Don't let Ellen, just just let Ellen listen to this podcast. Okay. Well, so Howard, your Howard, your kids are older. I do a lot of Disneyland lunches. just uh, announced that they're getting they're close. close. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of lunches, so I take I take full uh, objection to that comment about not being <laughs> <laughs> the uh, show. And your favorite, or what was the best angel investment you made? Least amount of work, most amazing return. Is it Chime? Um, Udemy. Well, oh, Udemy. So- so, well, so least amount of work is a tricky one because you to me, I was one of their first one or two investors and I joined the board. So if I hadn't joined the board, it would have been a no extraordinary return and very little work. I happened to join the board, but I, you know, Udemy has been fantastic. Chime has been fantastic. You know a lot about Chime. Chime yeah. has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, Udemy has been amazing. Um, I, I actually think there's a company called Carbon Health that nothing yeah, well, gets Chime. I keep hearing and, about it. So what is Carbon yeah, Health so again? Nothing, nothing gets Chime and Udemy, but Fuck I fully, Chime fully, fully believe that Carbon Health will be bigger than all of them just wow. because of the size of the market. Um, so the founder of Udemy, a guy named Aaron Bali, started a company called Carbon Health, and it's a monster So what, business. it wasn't happy just having Udemy, the prick? Uh, he brought in someone to be CEO, and he became chairman, and How then he these started another company. people able to do this? I can barely do a podcast every day. He, he, he's, a, he's a genius. Okay, he, so he, he starts a, Carbon he, Health, and I, I know I've heard of it, so what does it do? It, they're opening urgent care and primary yes. clinics all around, uh, all around, and, and they are building a, you know, building a modern healthcare system and, you know, with fantastic, fantastic technology. I think he's, you know, he, he, he and the guy. What inspired him? Just, he's just one of those uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. He, he started in, he started in a space and, you know, he originally started solving a problem around doctors uh, getting second opinions and then realized as he spent more and more time realized how, screwed up the software and consumer experience was or, or how, how screwed up the software experience was for the doctor and for the patient. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, he's the best consumer product person I've ever met. Um, I'm sure, you know, may, maybe 
maybe Mark Zuckerberg is bad. I've never met Mark. Um, but Aaron's the best consumer product person I've ever met, and he raised money, and I think the company's going to be unbelievable. But yeah, so I've, you know, but as you know, I've also invested in plenty of things that didn't work out. No, so, no, no, no. Know, that's, the, that's the business, but one pays for one pays yeah, for 50. Oh, sure. One, one pays for all of them. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure. And I think that's different than the 80s or 90s or 2000s is this era, this, I don't know, the scale. We're seeing it with the virus, but the scale is something that Oh, makes... sure. I mean, if you think about, I don't know, uh, I did not, or I guess I wound up owning some shares in them, but I, I didn't know anyone there when they were building it. But, you know, look at look at DocuSign or, or look at Atlassian mm-hmm. or something like that, right? Ten years ago, we thought a home run would be if DocuSign was worth a billion or two billion. It's worth yeah. 14 billion, right? And after. actually, one of the strongest companies coming out of this this bear market will probably be Yeah, I, I, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, were you early investor? Each other. No, no, no. I, I, no, I, I happened to be an investor in a fund that wound up owning a lot of DocuSign, yeah. so it worked yeah. out great. But I, I never met anyone there. I had nothing to do with it yeah. at all. But, mm-hmm. you know, we would have five or, you know, seven or eight years ago, you know, you would have thought if Okta kicked ass, it would be worth two or three billion, not right. 15, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just the magnitude of these companies. I mean, this isn't something original for me to say, but the magnitude of these companies is astonishing what people have built. And is it astonishing that can't, they're they're just uh they're, they're not worth that or is it astonishing because they can be worth that i I, th- I think the market size is enormous right yeah. I, I think the market i th- look anyone who's ever closed on a mortgage in the last three years understands how much more paper there is to digitize so i can't imagine that docusign is going to shrink and you know for the next few weeks we're all going to live on either microsoft teams or slack and we're all going to leave on live on zoom or you know cisco webex or you know microsoft uh, whatever, uh, yeah. whatever the video product is called, inside games, right? And we're all going to live in that, and so uh, yeah, I mean, the market's enormous for all of these products. So, getting out of bed is no problem for you, coronavirus or stock market or not? No, I mean, I got little kids; I don't have a choice. <laughs> so there you have it, Canute. Hey, Russ, thanks so much for your time. I, I could go on forever with you, but next subject. Uh, we'll put you in our rotation now when we have a, another epiphany around an important subject. But in terms of panic, I can't find anybody other than myself that is really panicked. I need to start hanging out with poor people. Uh, I, I will tell I will tell you right now as my as my final comment for this podcast. So <laughs> my favorite weekly column for years and years and years it was an there was an author who's a real famous wrote a lot of books and used to work for a think tank. But he, he he so on top of being an academic, he actually used to write a weekly NFL column called Tuesday Morning Quarterback. <laughs> uh, his name is Greg Easterbrook. <laughs> I've never met Greg. I maybe talked to him on Twitter, but very 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 academic impressive guy, very thoughtful guy, has written some amazing books, but also was a huge football lover and used to write the best analysis of football every week. I don't think the column exists anymore because I don't think uh, – whatever. I don't think the column exists anymore. <clears throat> and he used to have a great line that I read for so many years. It really sunk in. It, he, he, it either changed the way I think about the world or it was just the way I already thought about the world and he articulated it well. And I always, always loved it. And his line was, there's no need to panic. There's plenty of time for that later. Yeah. No, I said panic first or just forget about it. Yeah. And uh, you know, just have, this is why I think the show idea resonated with people, at least easy, pick up a phone. Because, you know, there's not much you can do. No, right? I agree. You, you know, there's just not that much you can do. All right. Hug the kids. Uh, yeah. Everybody go for a run. But don't touch anything. Wipe no. your hands. Wash okay, your hands. Okay. All right, Bye. see you, Russ. Oh, see you. Thank you. Bye. Oh, we got the beep, beep, beep. Yeah, we did. All right, so, uh, oh, man.
what is the matter with these people? Can't get them, can't get anybody nervous. He's well, a little pumped up, huh? Yeah, but you know, I, I think these, pe- these people are used to stress at a different level than the average Joe. Yeah. And, and they're going to think about things uh, more level-headed than, than most people. Yeah, and they, he doesn't have the same uh, fears that most people do, but at least he's trying to put his head around how other people think. He's pretty, uh, he's a pretty good human being. Okay, uh, thanks, Kuhn. Uh Another Thank great you. episode. And uh, thanks uh, to Russ Fraden for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode of Panic with Friends.